In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christ is in our midst. Today we celebrate the synaxis of St. John, the forerunner, and Baptist John, uh, which always comes the day after Theophany, um, as, as is our custom that every great feast the day after usually has something to do with the characters who are, were part of the great feast. And so obviously uh, the forerunner and Baptist John baptized Jesus at Theophany, and today is dedicated to him. Now John uh, lived his life in Jesus' time and did two things that drew people to him. One was that he preached repentance and baptized people. And the second is that he lived it. He lived repentance. He was an image, uh, an austere image of someone who lived what we would call an ascetic life or a self-emptying life and essentially became his, his message. Now in our day and age, um, especially in the U.S., the word repentance itself has been shifted and changed and morphed and confused into a lot of different things. Um, a lot of people, when you say the word repentance or that we need to repent, the first thing they think of is fire and brimstone, and they think of all the negative connotations of I'm bad, or something's bad, or uh, it's just a, a negative. It's not something that you certainly would say at a party, that you all need to repent. Um, Repentance is not associated with happy time. It's not associated with joy. It's associated with uh, self-flagellation and, and um, being miserable, basically. Of course, that's not the image that's drawn in scriptures. That's not the image from our tradition. Uh, but we inherit many uh, cultural traditions nowadays, and um, they just have a way of infecting us. And so... When we think of repentance, we often may think, ah, oh, come on, that's a little heavy. That's a little heavy. Can we talk about joy or something else um, besides repentance? Uh, repentance does imply that something needs to be changed, and I would rather not change. So um, let's just have the good stuff and leave this antiquated idea of change at the side. That's not what repentance means. And I'll just give you one analogy. Um, you know, uh, many families have children, and, and when the wife is in labor, it's very painful, of course. Um, that's part of, of having children. Uh, the scripture, the Apostle Paul uses the same analogy. He says, after the birth, though, all the pain is often forgotten because of the joy of the child. And we have many people that volunteer to have many, many children. Although it's painful, in the initial uh, part of giving birth, often it's a great joy. So this analogy also works with repentance. Because repentance isn't about simply the pain of seeing something that might be off about myself. 
And even saying the word um, something off or something bad about myself is, is, is a different way of thinking about it. First of all, we have to acknowledge what sin is. Another very popular topic. Sin is a misuse of ourselves. Sin is a misuse of our God-given talents, a misuse of what God created us to be. And so it's not merely about offending God or about being, um, I'm bad or I've done something wrong or I've broken the law. All those things can be true at the same time. But the primary emphasis within our theology is that when we misuse what God has given us, we break relationship with God and we break relationship with other people. In other words, my hands, which have been given to me to do the works of the Lord at whatever job I may have, were not made to punch you in the face. And if I punch you in the face, I've not only offended you, but I also have uh, transgressed, I've misused my natural God-given gifts. My intellect has been given to me to glorify God, to be intelligent, to make my way in this life. But if I use my intellect to judge you, if I use my intellect to condemn you, or to be haughty because somehow I think I'm smarter than you, then I simply misuse what God has given me. So repentance is acknowledging the misuse of our God-given graces and gifts, our physical, emotional, our mental, our spiritual gifts that God has given to each one of us, which are meant for the building up of the church, which are for the meant of, for our salvation and the salvation of others. And instead of doing that, we ingratiate ourselves and we fill ourselves. And so repentance is simply acknowledging this. There's something out of balance here. I am misusing my gifts and I am turning to God so that he can help me, um, help me become what he made me to be. So if our culture focuses on the negative aspect of repentance, we're called to actually focus on the positive which is the part where we turn to Christ and He heals us. The bad feeling is there to tell us something is wrong. The next step is turning to God. Because repentance is always focused on us turning to God, not us turning and focusing on how bad we are and how bad we feel. And this is the grand misunderstanding of repentance and why it's avoided because so many of us feel bad already, we don't want to feel worse. And so why think about all the things that I have misused or how I've been bad? But again, that's a misunderstanding. It's not just thinking about what is bad. It's actually most of the energy is meant to be turning towards God. Turning towards God in a prayer by yourself, turning towards God with a prayer in the sacrament of confession, but nonetheless, 
the emphasis on repentance is always in our turning away from ourselves and towards God. So St. John knows this. St. John lives this. And because of this, he's emptied himself. And because St. John has emptied himself, he has something to say. Did you know uh, Christians are meant to be prophets? Each one of us has, not necessarily as a general specific grace that's given to you, but as something that is part of our inheritance as Christians, that we're a nation of holy priests and prophets. And a prophet is one who speaks the words of God. Not only speaks them through his mouth, but speaks them through his life or her life. By living a repentant life, by being a dedicated Christian, by being someone who is um, slow to anger, who fulfills the commandments of the Gospels, we empty ourselves and we end up presenting a prophetic witness to our society. When you encounter a real and profound Christian, oftentimes if you're worldly, you will experience conviction and you will want to repent. This is the story of people, for instance, who encountered St. Sophroni or other saints of the modern era, that when they stood in the presence of a person who was living a serious life in Christ, who had their priorities straight, who was emptying themselves, that they would often feel convicted. And of course, I've had this experience myself. I remember in one class, a, a professor talking about something and he just switched it from a mere psychological idea to the profound notion of what God has called us to and immediately something changed in the environment. And we all realized, I realized that I'd been living on a secular level and not on a spiritual level. You see how that subtle change in the air of his words, of his living this life, caused repentance. Well, that's the witness of every Christian in society. I mean, that's what we're actually called to. Not by going out there and condemning people or saying what's, you know, this is wrong or whatever, fighting against society. That's, you know, necessary at times too. But by simply actually living our Christian life, we present a prophetic witness to the world. But it requires our self-emptying. If we are not empty of ourselves and full of Christ, we have nothing to say. And this is, again, tied to the witness of who St. John is. St. John is not full of his own personality. St. John is not full of his own education. St. John is not, you know, I've lived a good life and I worked really hard and I have some wisdom. St. John is not simply trying to be pragmatic. St. John has emptied himself for God. He has gone out into the wilderness in obedience to God. And every word he speaks is not of his own accord, but it comes from God. Again, this is the height of the challenge that each one of us Christians is called to. To be so empty of ourselves that when God talks and speaks, we can hear him, first of all, because we're not distracted 
by how great we are or whatever it is that might distract us, but also that we would be pure vessels where His voice, His grace could come through. So taking this example of the Holy Forerunner of Baptist John, may our Lord give us a life dedicated to repentance, not merely the pain that comes as we acknowledge how we misuse ourselves and the people around us, but the joy of receiving forgiveness, turning to Christ, emptying ourselves, and becoming vessels of grace and prophetic presences within our communities and our families and in the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God.